Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Lord, we just want to thank you that this morning we can be together a spiritual family. A spiritual family which at some time, and for many of us sitting here, might be even more real than natural family. Some of us have lost parents, brothers and sisters. Some of, them, some of us have to live very far from our natural family if we still have natural family. Some of us, maybe for a period in our life, because of our faith, might be physically near to our natural family, but might experience a little bit of a divide. And even though we pray for our natural family that you will do great works, we acknowledge that the family that is eternal is the spiritual family, which causes us to pray even the more for our moms and dads and brothers and sisters and children. But as we are here, Lord, as a spiritual family, we ask that you will come and teach us a lot about ourselves, Lord, and about those out there who have not yet called out your name, Lord. We know that you say in your word that if anyone comes to me, I will by no means cast him away. We also know that, Lord, when you move with your grace upon a person, that heart responds gladly to you, Lord. And we know that when we pray for people, when our hearts is for those to know you, then firstly, it's a spiritual battle. It's to come to you in the Spirit and say, Lord, will you reach out your hand to our parents, our siblings, our children, and those who work with us, the community, Lord. We trust you for many people to be saved, Lord. Teach us about this this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm very privileged to have Henny in Secunda both morning and evening as we speak. He is preaching in Afrikaans in Secunda. Yes, I don't know how that's going. And then tonight he will preach in English and I will be here this morning and tonight I'll be in Santon, which is just a privilege to to um, have Shofar Joburg in such a great relationship with Secunda. So this morning I want to speak a little bit on some of the stuff I learned in 2018, especially when it comes to the faith community. I'm calling this message Some Lessons from 2018, Embracing Your Community Field. Now, I'm just playing on this idea that your community is your mission field. Did you know that? Sometimes we think, just for a moment, just go with me on a journey in your mind. Imagine God calls you to South Korea, all right? Leopold, wow, what a story. I was also called from Cape Town to Secunda. It's almost the same. (laughs) Yes, then I asked God to help me to shine a light. But then when I got there, there's a whole plant with this fires blooming, and uh, there's like a lot of light. So I said, I'll be salt. And, uh, so <laughs> Just imagine you, you are going to South Korea. You're leaving next week. 
God says, don't worry, I'm going to find your job. You're going to shine a light and be salt in South Korea. Just imagine for a moment. You get there, you get a job, you pray, Lord, please give me an apartment or a place to live, maybe big enough that I can invite some other people into my space, maybe serve him, serve him something to eat, um, become friends, talk about Jesus. Can you see the intentionality there? Lord, maybe if it's your will, give me a vehicle that I can pick up some people and take them to work and just build relationship. And you can almost see yourself arranging your life in a way that you can shine a light for Jesus. Right now, right now, you are living that mission in Joburg. And you are doing well, or maybe not. <laughs> All right? But here you are this morning to be reminded that you were called by God to be in Johannesburg at this moment, to be in the ministry for God, full time. Maybe self supported through your job. But you are that missionary. The only difference is you're not in South Korea. You're in Johannesburg. You are called, all right? And so I want to talk about embracing your community field, embracing the mission field God has placed you in. And I'm not going to talk as much about evangelism. I want to talk a little bit about the postures of the heart that brings people near, all right? That's, that's what I want to... Heading today. Times are changing. I'm listening to a podcast over the weekend talk about Gen Z. I think those are the people under 20. Am I right? Who's the experts here? I think they, yeah, they're born the year 2000. They no longer distinguish between relationships online and relationships in real life. It's done. It's done. Okay, we're talking about embracing a crazy missionary field. They sit in the room. They might sit in the room with family on the phone, and for them, the relationships on the phone is just as real and important as the relationship in the room. That's why they transition so quickly. All right? And it affects all of us in some way or another, but times are moving very, very fast at the moment. Um, when I was young, there was Christianity and Satanism. And they, you know, killed animals and did weird things, cut themselves. Um, and they, you know, we, we lived mostly without what the internet has got to offer now. But the enemy is also upping his game. Um, other avenues of religion is not we kill animals and cut ourselves. These are loving communities. Loving communities. They know. They know how to bring people in to a community that they belong. They've shifted their strategy. We've got camps that transition from yoga to religion. It's based on love, acceptance, mindfulness. It's communities. And these communities are readily available at the push of a button. Okay. So we are up against fierce enemies or opposition for the harvest. So we're heading to the harvest, but there's many hands stretching into the harvest. 
right? No longer can we shout the right thing and expect people to listen and respond, all right? So just a few, I'm not an expert on this. I put myself out in the community quite intentionally to learn, and, uh, and I want to reflect a little bit on a few things. Um, one, out of, one of my four uh, main points that I'm going to have tonight, I, I, I've landed here before, so just for you, you guys that's been around, just bear with the new people. There's a picture of my wife and my two children. Uh, one is vanilla and one is chocolate, and they go great together. They are amazing. It's my son, Caleb, and my daughter, Talita. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I, there's just a picture of us in the community just putting ourselves out there, I played rugby for Secunda for a long while. I'm still coaching there with some other people. Um, there, there's a there's a photo of the of the crowd, and can you see the 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 prams parked there? Those are the church people. Uh, we're trying to bring our people up in community. So mostly, if you see, there's Garmo. Some of you will recognize him. There's a Tani vying. Uh, there's a lot of people in our church sitting there. So we're just taking the community, taking the, trying to take the space and be a church in the community. And uh, when a community zone in on one area, like a rugby club, you can like really get in there. Uh, but you can do it with two, three, or four areas if you're intentional. We find it being better to evangelize when we focus there than just running like in different directions, but God can use anyway as long as you go, Josie. Amen. Uh, and then some of you will remember or know that I wasn't survivor. It's just one or two pictures just to show. I mean, I'm trying to put myself out there, understand uh, building blockies. No, this, you do it as a kid, and, and then when you're an adult, you want to do it again. It's, it's, it's crazy how it works. But for me, um, I, I don't want to talk about that. I'm, it's just to illustrate my heart is to get out there and there's a cost to get out there it, it takes time but it's also there's risk you know it's there's a risk factor putting yourself out there especially on television but nothing ventured nothing gained amen so um one thing i want to just touch on before i get into embracing your community field and i really want to get into your heart tonight is through the years, the atonement of Jesus on the cross have been viewed in different ways. Okay, the, the atonement is basically this idea that Jesus came in your place to do two things. To die for you for the forgiveness of sins. His death cancels your record of sin, but then his life. Why didn't he die as a baby? He had to live a righteous life, which then counts as your works of righteousness on your clean slate. How cool is that? So, so that is the atonement. All right. Now, there's many things that have many ways to look at the atonement. Mostly, there's two ways, and they've been going from side to side, especially through the ages with the charismatic and more reformed churches. And the one way, initially, the atonement was. Mostly viewed as, which they called penal substitution. Penal standing for penalty substitution. He, he, he pays a penalty in my place. He also lives a life in my place. Christ in my place. Therefore, I can be forgiven. And when I sin, it's all right if I go to him. I must remember that I cannot work for my own sins. He did it in my place. 
Then on the other side, we have this idea of what which I call Christus Victor or Christus Victor, Christ the victorious one. Jesus victorious over demons, they, that means there is for me victory over demons, which is true. Go check out Liberty. Jesus, the one who conquers death, one day you will conquer death. Jesus conquers sin, the Holy Spirit in you can conquer sin. And in a way, the charismatic church have grabbed onto that quite a a bit and blew it up a lot. And from there, also projected what we have today as the prosperity gospel. It took something too far. So if Christ is with you because he's victorious, go to your bank account, there will be money. All right, that's jumping into another galaxy with that. Uh, because Christ is victorious, you'll never be sick. We don't, I don't see that in the balance of Scripture. And so the charismatic church have run with this idea of Christ, the victorious one in you, so far, in a way that it at times have neglected Christ who was also broken, Christ who was also humble, Christ who did not speak when he was in front of his accusers, the humble one. And, and so we don't hear a lot that there's times when you have to be silent, mistreated. In a while, you will be lifted up, maybe in the next life. That we don't hear. All right? And so what has happened is from the outside, communities have often heard, unsaved communities from the church, that if I am not victorious, I'm not welcome at church. Okay. Which is not what we're trying to say, or the charismatic church trying to say, but that's what people hear. Okay. Once I have stopped smoking this and this and this, then I'll go to your church. That's what people hear. I'm not at your level. Okay. And I want to I address that a little bit. We need to marry this idea of the victorious Christ, yet the broken Christ. Both. Amen. Lion and the Lamb. And we're going to do that tonight. So my main scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, we're going from verse 6. Just before that, Paul speaks about incredible visions he saw, and, and then he leans into this. He says, if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. He's talking about this extravagant experiences in the Spirit. But I refrain from it. So that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, listen up, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Why was the thorn given? To keep me from becoming conceited. Conceited. Can I say to keep me humble? Who is interested in Paul's humility? The devil or God? Who gave a thorn? Okay, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. So there goes a lot of theology. To keep Paul humble, a thorn was given. All right. Let's go on. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I always see this idea of weakness coming through. 
penal substitution, this idea of, all right, it's all right to be weak. Okay? My grace is sufficient in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Right? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, when I feel weak, maybe when my bank account is weak, my relationships are weak, there's this place where I actually can be strong if I'm found in Christ. And we're going to explore that this morning. Now, the, I just want to venture a little bit away from this portion of Scripture to just land this first idea. And if you've been here last year and, and heard me spoke about Survivor, just a little bit of patience here because this just fits in with my lessons from 2018. So we're on the island one day. And there's a heated discussion. And when people start to fight people that don't know one another around topics, it's mostly around religion or pol uh, <laughs> politics. But within religion, normally, uh, uh, may gay people marry or not, creation versus evolution, and should the church have my money? <laughs> it's, you can count on those, I'm telling you. They come up. And just before I go into that, let me just read this. Colossians 4 verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for the word. Now, at this moment, during this letter, Paul is in prison. He's bound. And he says, pray for, pray for us that God may open a door, not for the prison. All right? For the word. It's all right if I am chained. But if the word of God is chained, that breaks my heart. That's what Paul is saying. To declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. There's a community, all right? Making the best use of a time. Be intentional. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, look very carefully at this piece of Scripture because it tells you a lot. He says, pray for us, not that I may know what to speak. The man wrote Romans, all right? He knows the gospel. But as he gets frustrated and as he's overwhelmed, in prison, as he's weak, there's a possibility that he takes this word that he knows very well and he smashes people with it. You're going to hell. You're going to hell if you don't repent. So what he says is, pray for me that what? I may know how I ought to speak. That I may make it clear. I know the facts. But as it comes through this heart and this mouth, it just sometimes, it just comes over in a way that people say, question, can you speak the gospel clearly, yet cause people to move away from it further? Yes. 
Yes. You can speak the truth in a way that people don't love the truth. And it's a thing that requires intercession. And that's why Paul is sending a letter to many people, pray for me that this does not happen with me. Okay. So we're on the island, two people are fighting. Um, it's like the word tennis, you know, like gua, gua, it's going. Now they don't know I'm a pastor, I haven't told them. So I'm actually behind the bushes, just listening to a religious debate. And it's finding it very interesting, you know, like, like a church will just step up and say, don't worry, I'll sort it out, but I'm just allowing the fire to burn, you know, just see where this leads. And so they're talking about a lot of stuff, and they're fighting about everything, and even praying in tongues comes up. I mean, listen, and that wasn't me. I'm the charismatic there. They're talking about the one person that knows people should pray in tongues. I was like, what? Um, and and, and uh, some of them is just like looking, eyes like this. And at one stage, the one man who says he's a Christian, he, he says he's a Christian from the start. He's like, listen, I'm a Christian. I don't want to... I don't want to be seen next to a woman in the shelter, so girls that side, which, which I actually appreciated because then I didn't have to say it. And, but he just came out, and he was like, I'm the Christian on the tribe. And the other girl is in an argument with, her, with him, and she's tending to the fire. At one stage, he gets frustrated, and he shouts at her, you won't understand because you are not even saved. That's the words. That's the word. And, I, and I, I asked, I phoned her. I phoned her in real life and I said, listen, this is what I remember. I'm preaching about this. Is this true? She said, yes. Okay. Um, I walked to her afterwards and I said, listen, I don't know what to say uh, because I'm also a Christian. But what you experience there at least from where I come, is not the heart of God towards you. And I want you to know that. And then waterworks. I mean, on the island, it's very near. I mean, you people cry the whole time. And I just realized this thing again. It's so important because for this girl, you know what she told me then? She said, I don't have a problem with Jesus and even Christians, but I hate the church. That's her words. Because according to her, that's how the church has been speaking to her the last few years. She's been struggling with a few things. And she's not found a soft, gracious plan, place to land yet. All right? So, the first thing I've learned about you and your community is j just move with me here. What a contradiction if we speak the words of the gospel without the heart of Jesus. Okay? That means we have to take our willingness, like Paul in prison, our ability and the great harvest God is giving us. We have to take our words past our heart in prayer before they exit the mouth. And that doesn't mean that you have to be some kind of super agreeer with everyone. That's not what Scripture is saying, but there is a way to disagree which brings life. And there's a way to disagree that alienates. 
all right? And, and, and if you pray, God will show you. And people often have more respect for someone that can disagree with them in love than someone that only agrees with everything. So you may disagree light and salt. Amen? So um, we, we have to realize that the, the people that's going for the harvest today in the world, they come with love. The non-Christian communities, they've cracked this code. They know people want community. They want love. And so we have to move hearts first, and we have to love pre-salvation. We have, to, we have to give them community sometimes before they know Jesus. It's the only way. It's the only way. Talking about your community field. Let's go on. Now we're going to focus on that piece in 2 Corinthians. Though if I speak... Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. Now, I want to I go for this idea that in the past and still around the world, the church is lifted up as the perfect place. The pastor has the best car or jet. I mean, the man looks incredible. He walks on people on the way to a plane. Have you seen that? I mean, literally, the one man walked on a sea of people. Because if he stepped on the ground, he would be in contact with demons. All right? I kid you not. 2018. 2018. So, it shows something that has entered the church we are better. The pastor is the best, the co- and then the congregation is better than the rest. Okay? That's not the gospel. And, and, and this is what we see here. We see Paul writing. He says, if I should boast, I would not be a fool. You know, actually, I've been caught up in some incredible visions and face-to-face with Jesus. He's just not sure in what heaven it was, but I mean, it was incredible. But I refrain from it so that no one may think, more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. What he's saying is somewhere along the line, people will realize and find out who you really are. Okay? Somewhere along the line of people connecting and starting to love you, they will realize that you have feet of clay just the same as they and me. And so the only way for the pastor to uphold that status is to remove himself far enough from congregation and people that they never come close. Because if they were to be in his house for three days, they would know how he speaks to his wife. They will know how he just sits around and let her do everything, and they will lose respect. Okay. So what Paul says is, let me watch out that I don't project something of me that I'm not, lest you find out and be disappointed. Okay. So he's swinging back. He says, remember, it's about the man who died in your place. That's why you stand. Let me give you a funny story. So this is the, the story of our lives, the Facebook story of our lives. You know, we, 
we compare other people's highlights with our lowlights and then we get depression. And all the psychologists makes money. Because no one, no one, I mean, imagine Henny is just about to fight with Rochelle, and it's one of those where the, the cutlery is in the air, you know. <laughs> and then he takes his phone and he's like, oh, what a nice Instagram story. It's like, oh, you know, and then, you know, and it looks like some other horror movie, and Rochelle's in a gown, face painted, uh, you know, like the cucumber, you know, and it's. In this place. We don't see that, but now the one day, you know how this works. You've got a photo shoot planned. Let's take me as an example. I'll, I'll take the heat off you, Rochelle. Obviously, pastors don't fight in their homes. Everyone know it. Everyone know it. <laughs> um, so we, we have a photo shoot. This is not a real story, but I'll, I'll be the character in this fiction. We've got a photo shoot Saturday morning. But there's a problem because the Friday night, all hell breaks loose in the house. You know, it's, I'm fighting with my wife. She's fighting with me. You know, the kitchen, there's, it's thick in the air. You know, you, you, you shift past one another, just checking if she's got a knife. You know, and, 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 and then after one hour, the first words she says is, but net cancel. You know, like, cancel what? The photo shoot. You in any case forgot about it because it's not important for you. And you know, it's you know, like, like, oh, I remember the photo shoot. And I'm like, I did not forget about it. <laughs> I'm like, the Lions is playing rugby that time. In any case. And, and so the morning we get up, it's still, you know, we dress the kids and it's nappies and everything. And we get to the um, photo shoot. And we are ready. The photographer is there. Everyone is smiling. She takes 400 photos. There's three. That's great. And, and those three, oh, they go. Facebook and it's stories and everything. And somewhere in Secunda, uh, there's a couple. They've been going through difficult times. And so they're sitting on the couch. They're going through Facebook. And they say, oh, there's Werner and Junae, but Inky Dam, that's a place in Zukunda. And uh, they're just perfect. And you know what they say? The wife turns to the husband and says, people like us, we can never go to that church. We're not welcome there. Because we fight and we shout at one another. Sometimes we swear and we say sorry. We're really struggling. But look at them. Just another perfect family. We'll have to fight for ourselves at home. Because I don't think we'll be welcome. This is the idea that Paul is struggling with here. And the second thing I want to say about embracing your community is Weakness builds real community. It is weakness that builds real community. Not only highlighting strengths. I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me 
and he sees or hears from me. He says, in the long run, it's much more profitable for me if people know that I am weak because they are sure to find out. If we project, I'm trying to help you, you're going to work and you think you must be perfect. I'm telling you, you don't have to be. It's not what people are looking for. If we project only what is great about us as a church or as individuals, what we are saying is come to this church and let's be perfect together. Now you get two types of people. The one group of people is a lot like the people I just described. They said, I, can't, I can never go to that place. There's no way. Because I've got sin and they don't. Are you with me? The other group of people, dangerous, dangerous. This is what they say. Ah, at last, a church just as perfect as I am. <laughs> Problems. The sermon is too long. The sermon is too short. The music is too loud. The music is too loud. Branti, come by yourself. You know, it's... it's <laughs> You can just not, because in their own eyes, they really believe that they are without sin. And so Paul is helping us here. He says, be weak, be weak, and be a home for the sick, the weak, the humble, the broken. Let them come. Amen. We've had a few people sharing very humble testimonies at church. I thought, oof, that went too far. One of them involved just marriage stuff. It happens and there was a third party and they said they're going to forgive one another. I'm like, oh, okay. That week, that week, that man's phone, his phone didn't stop ringing the whole week. Can I come and talk to you? I need to come and talk to you. How did you get through this? How did you work? I, 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 you will understand. But giving that testimony was like taking shots on the back. Sometimes we have to be weak to help our community. This can be dangerous. I, I'm not suggesting anything. All I'm saying is there's, there's a truth here that we need to explore and take into our home groups. That's all I'm saying. Let's go on, amen. We're going on in 2 Corinthians. We're working that passage. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So we get an interesting connection there. He says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the what may rest upon me? The power. That's very interesting. Because that looks like it's counterintuitive, but it's not. Let me just state this. Number three. It is the weakness which speaks about realness. Because every man is weak that attracts the power of God. And it is the power of God that works salvation. 
It's the power of God that works reconciliation. So, um, my first small group, small group in Cape Town, um, young, come from Stellenbosch. Everyone's like, oh, this youngster, he was committed in Stellenbosch. Let's give him a small group. I just arrived in Cape Town. Here, you've got a small group. I'm arrogant enough to think I'm going to rock this. First small group. We've got about eight people there, two people new. One of the new guys comes. He says, listen, before we start, I've got something to share. I'm like, yes, nice. These people are willing to interact. He says, without long stories and excuses, he says, I've just come back from sleeping with a girl next door. And I've been doing it for the last month. And he starts to cry. I don't know what to do. I can't get out of it. I don't know her even. I'm like, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) And the silence in that room, you can just hear people and so he sits down. That's it. So the next guy, he says, okay. Now that I figured out this is an honest small group. <laughs> no jokes, no jokes. I watch pornography every night of my life. And I've not told anyone. I'm like, God, is this getting better or is this getting worse? Because this is like... <laughs> Talking about being in unity here. And people start to open up, open up, open up. Till this day, this small group, which I stay in contact with the most, we're all over the place. But as that one man broke open in complete and utter weakness, I don't know if that's the way to do it. I'm not sure. I don't know if there is a right or wrong way. All I know is it was raw. Something started to happen in that small group that you cannot recreate by memorizing one, two, or three points, like how to put the cups or whatever, you know. And the power of God was there. And people became pastors out of that small group. We became friends. You know, that man slept over at our homes for the next few weeks. He just stayed. We just, you're staying here, lock the door, you know. <laughs> we really helped him. And God just grew him, and he's a husband and a dad now. I mean, it's incredible that it is weakness that attracts the power of God. It's weakness. And Secunda, can I tell another story? I'm like, we've, our, this one guy meets me. He's in our church now for five years. He was one of the uh, rugby players. Uh, he was good rugby players. He was captaining the Puma Sevens team. He came to me. He said, I've come to you today because I think my wife is leaving me tomorrow. I'm like, thanks. You're giving me a lot to work with you. <laughs> but there's one thing I'm asking you to do. Tonight is small group. And the next six weeks, I don't care how you get there, but you get your wife to small group, to church, and to a one-on-one. Or you and me, at least, we have one-on-ones. He dragged her into small group that night. He messaged me. Our small group at 6.30. He messaged me 5 o'clock. He says, we're coming. 10 past 5, we're not coming. 20 past 5, we're coming. Then he goes on. Then, then his wife is sick. <laughs> it's like, no, my wife's feeling sick. 
then we're coming. And then just before small group, you know it, all the church, all the, all the, all, and, and before church, the phones black out. Those that said they're going to come to church. Miraculously, just before church, you're like, where are you? Are you okay? They're dead, all right? Then, <laughs> then, then he drags her into small group. And she sits like this. Okay? She does the announcements in our church now. She's a lot more friendly now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that night, we've got a rough, I mean, there's just a lot of rough stuff that happened in our small group before that. And so the one girl was just sharing about how she chased her husband with a knife. This really happened. They were on drugs. So, I mean, then he took her car and ran it into the neighbor's wall on purpose. And so as the small group went on, this girl says, Oh, so slag with ons <laughs> and, and they were in and they were in and we're just so trained by the world just to present ourselves to the best we can and, and, and please like use deodorant and stuff like that you know wash yourself and be neat and, 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 and look pretty okay but when it comes to spiritual things I think Paul is saying speak about the things that's a reality in your life also that's not strengths, but weakness. Because it invites the power of God. And what we need is the power of God. Because our words can never be eloquent enough to save souls. Never. Amen. Let's finish this off. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. He goes on. I mean, I'm not reading the same scripture. (laughs) This this follows on one another. Go check it out. 2 Corinthians 12. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution. You know how important that part is? I'm content with insults. I've got a youngster in my office. He says, you know why we get offended? I said, no, Vian, why? Because we're immature Christians. That's a short, powerful sermon. I remember that. And it's true. Paul says, I've grown. I'm all right with it. I'm unoffendable. Calamities. For when I am weak, not only does it invite the power of God, then I am strong. Weakness attracts growth. Because God cannot grow the, pe- the person that you are pretending to be. Are you with me? God cannot work with a person that's a fake you. He can only work and engage very effectively with someone that's real. Now, that doesn't matter how bad you are. If you are really you and you are real, he can start working with you, right? Uh, and in one sense, knowing and acknowledging weaknesses helps you to start growing that area. To give you an example of myself. So we all, we all differently wired. Like some of us, when we spend time with God in our inner room, we tend to, to want to sing. Who's that? Oh, Lou likes to sing when they were, all right? And, and there's some of us who just taps in and they start to pray. Where's, where's the, the, the prayer ones? Who, who, just, it's, it's just like when the car's in first gear, we pray. 
Okay. Where's the dancers? And me, of course, you can see. Okay. Um, do you want to see this church being empty in two seconds? Ask me to dance. And who, who gets stuck on the Bible? Like, I'm reading and feeding. Okay? Right. So for me, I'm, I'm quite scripture. I, I see things. I get excited about it. I say, oh, thank you, Lord, for showing me this. But I'm, I'm quite focused with my face in the Bible and, and a weakness for me not enough with my face towards God. Okay? Now, I know that, and I tell that to friends and people in our congregation. Now, because I know that about myself, I tend to pray more because I know it. Also, in Secunda, I haven't counted, but I think... I don't think I've missed five intercessions in six years, except when I'm out of town ministering somewhere, okay? Because I know, (laughs) I know, I am aware that that part of me needs the momentum of a saint to push me forward into Thursday, Tuesday, as the week goes on, all right? And so being weak attracts growth, especially in accountability. Speak to someone about it. Invite them into that area. Pray for me. Lift me up. Seeds grows into little trees, and then they bear fruit, good or bad. So when there is a little thing in your marriage, don't be stupid. <laughs> if there's a little weakness Get someone in there early <laughs> while it's still a seed. You don't have to deal with the fruit of calamity, someone chasing you with a knife or, you know, running your car against a neighbor's wall, you know. Or packing the bags and the children and driving off. Why? When I am weak, I can actually grow. And so what I've learned about community, if we could just tell, oh, we have it up there, is that a community is much more willing to engage with someone that relates and understands than someone who is perceived to be better and sorted out. They don't know words like sanctification and glorification and Armenianism and Calvinism. It's, it doesn't register. What registers is that you actually at times engage and struggles with the same things they do. And it's true, you do. Amen? And, and, and take this and put it in your heart somewhere and, and just pray through it, digest through it, and take it with you in your ministry going forward in this town. Amen? I want to read the last scripture and then we're going to share a community. But he was, look at his weakness. Look at at his weakness here so that salvation could be. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, everyone, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him what we see here is penal substitution. Okay? The iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. The one person who actually had the power to call on the angels, models weakness, which becomes our salvation. Like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. There's our example. There's our example. The moment the devil thought, I've got him. The greatest moment of power in the history of the world happens. And there's something to say for that for us. Now take that, please. We don't have time for another sermon. And marry that with the fact that when the Spirit is working in you, He makes you new. He makes you strong. He causes you to overcome sin. He takes you from mourning to joy. All that as well. But bring it together with the fact that until Jesus comes back, you are a broken image of Christ being restored on your journey and will only be complete when He comes back. Which means in your time of incompleteness, you can relate with anyone out there that struggles with sin because you're still fighting it. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.